Today's show is brought to you by Aliquot Pro. Aliquot Pro has so many neat features, and one of the features that I think is just fantastic is the Smart Scan feature. You can scan a QR code which will immediately take you to a service report or you can view a controller page. By placing a QR code on a testing station or controller, your customer can save time by doing the routine tasks and tasks you are asking them to do and then logging them seamlessly into the same platform that you're putting your data in, making all of the data able to be searched and you can figure out if there are issues where to start finding solutions. This and so many more features are available on Aliquot Pro. You can find out more about Aliquot Pro by going to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Aliquot. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we scale up our knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. I'm Trace Blackmore and happy Thanksgiving everyone. I love this holiday. It is my favorite holiday of the entire year. I love to cook. I love to serve people. And I love getting compliments about how good my cooking and serving is. Yeah, I'm a red temperament. Anyway, I absolutely love this holiday. Uh, We always do a Thanksgiving where we have no idea who is going to show up. We call it Wayward Thanksgiving. And anybody who is staying at home that normally goes to visit family, or maybe they have people come over, and this year they're not, and they're spending Thanksgiving by themselves, we always invite those families over. We have had four people at our Thanksgiving Day table. We have had 34 people at our Thanksgiving Day table. Now, this makes it very difficult to plan, but it also makes me very thankful that my wife and I are able to do that. And of course, this year, um, we have our son Hayden that's sharing Thanksgiving with us, and we are so thankful for that and all the things that he has brought in our lives, all the things that he continues to teach us, and all the things I didn't know I didn't know until I was educated by a 15-year-old boy. So there you go. Nation, I hope you take a moment and... Just think, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for being in this industry. This is the best industry in the world. I am so thankful that my father introduced it to me, that he offered me a job when I was not happy as a financial planner, and I decided to take him up on that. And I've never looked back, and my worst day in water treatment was probably better than my best day as a financial planner. I just did not enjoy that job. I enjoyed the people I worked with, but it was just a totally different mindset. The team that I was part of didn't really gel with my mindset. Anyway, all that said, I got a lot of knowledge from that, but I just wasn't happy. And I have been more than my fair share of happy being an industrial water treater. And I don't think I would have had a podcast if I wasn't an industrial water treater. It definitely would not have been called Scaling Up H2O. And I also want to thank all of you out there in the Scaling Up Nation for listening, for allowing me 
to have this show, for allowing me to speak to you each and every week and letting you know something that I find interesting in our industry, for listening along as I'm learning with you as we invite our very talented guests and they are letting us know something more about a topic that involves our industry. Speaking of that, people ask me all the time, Trace, why do you speak about finances? Why do you speak about water treatment? Why do you speak about business operating systems? Why do you speak about cybersecurity? And I'm trying to think of the multitude of different topics that I have had on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Well, it seems very complex, but it's very simple. I run an industrial water treatment company, and anything that I found useful in running my company or helping the people that I work with, I share with you, the Scaling Up Nation. It is really hard to find out what you don't know you don't know, and when you find that, what do you do with it, and how do you help somebody else? Well, that's why I started this podcast. So it is just amusings of all the things I didn't know, I didn't know, and I found some information and I want to make it easier for you to take the information that I have found throughout my lifetime and utilize it so you can go much further than I am. And I hope that you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy the topics. By all means, if you have a topic idea, I would be thankful if you went to ScalingUpH2O.com and shared your show ideas with me, or maybe your potential guest you want me to interview, or anything that you have to share on the podcast, we definitely have a spot for that on ScalingUpH2O.com. You can go to our show ideas page, and there it is. Very easy for you to let us know what it is that you want to hear. I'm thankful that you have done that. There might be one listener out there that hasn't done that yet, so you know who you are. Go ahead and do that because this show is getting ready to be over 300 episodes. And uh, if, if you don't count the wacky numbering that we did in the very beginning, we're actually over 300 episodes. So well over 300 episodes in, I'm always worried we're going to run out of things to talk about. So help me make sure that that does not happen and let me know what it is you want to hear. I hope you love Thanksgiving as much as I do. And I want to introduce you to our next guest. So here is that interview. My lab partner today is Simra Ghoul. And Simra, welcome to the Scaling Up H2O podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's nice to see you guys. It's always good to see you. You know, I was thinking back, I think the first time you and I met each other was several years ago at an AWT conference in Palm Springs. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. I believe it was at a young professionals meeting and they still allow me into those things. Uh, I'm not young and I'm not professional, but I, they still invite me, and I'm so glad they did because you and I, I think we uh, we chatted over at the side. Maybe James McDonald introduced us as first? Yes, yes, correct. James is one of the mentors for me. He helped me a lot. 
Well, he has helped all of us. He, uh, of course, does Thinking on Water with James, and uh, he, he helps the entire industry. I consider him a mentor as well. Well, I'm curious, how long have you been doing what you're doing? And I, I tell you what, before we get there, why don't you tell the Scaling Up Nation a bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, my name is Sim. I am originally from Turkey. And my background, I'm chemical engineer. I have bachelor degree in chemical engineer. I have master degree in material engineering on nanotechnology. I involved water treatment when I was in a master. I was doing a project for Mercedes. So in Germany and Turkey, I was going between them. And I see uh, first in Mercedes facility, they were doing the extreme water treatment and I was just amazed about it and then i started part-time during my master degree uh summer times i was working as a water treater after i graduate uh, and i started to as a full full time for water treated uh, i think it's 2006 2007 since then i've been here and i love my job i'm curious how did you get involved in this industry my brother and my brother uh, in law they used to have swimming pool uh, company and they wanted to grow and i was helping them for the chemistry part when i was uh, I, during the masters during the summertime i was helping and then after i graduated i started to work with them and the company grew amazing and it's included industry heavy industry and it's just after that it's got the bigger and bigger so what brought you to the united states actually i came for work i was company transferred to here in rest of the world i have to tell this less of the world uh, unfortunately everyone thinks that u.s is the chemical heaven every company i know back in europe they want they are dreaming to have a company in us because of the regulation difference and they want to continue water treatment here i i was sent here to start up the company and i came and i started it up Zimmer, you didn't waste any time when you got to the united states it wasn't too long that you were involved in the awt how did you make that connection I have been always involved volunteer stuff always and and not only AWT I have been member almost every water treatment organization I believe that we have to give back for the nature we have to you know this is our contribution to the world uh, we know what we are doing we are water treater and we have to share this we have to help whatever we are doing in the positive way and then i my company i started to work syntax syntax one of the good company you can work because my company support improvement uh, they believe they are believe the same things like us uh, they believe how important training how important you know to grow yourself and they were involved AWT. And first time, before that, I didn't even heard AWT at all. I was in American Chemical Society, American Water uh, Work Association, or Water Environmental Foundation. So many organizations, but not AWT. I heard, I first heard AWT from my company, Citer, and I involved and I I met amazing people there. It's like a walking library, you know, 
so many valuable people there. And since then, I have been here. I am chair in pre-treatment committee. I am member uh, of cooling committee. And I try to my best to uh, contribute to the market. And I love the fact that you're not just a member. You're not just paying dues to the Association of Water Technologies. You are contributing. You are chairing you. a committee. How did you go from joining to chairing a committee? Actually, it is uh, the first convention when i join and when i see people to work with and i did amazing network and first thing i find i try to find who is the organization who is the head of this and i directly go and find someone and i first thing i ask how can i help i really think this committee needs more volunteer and then i involve a technical committee, cooling committee, the, uh, you know, pre-treatment committee. And after that, we try to do our best to make contribution. Okay, I have to say, I love that your first response was when you met people was to say, how can I help? That is such a stewardship mentality. And I bet it just changes everything. Hey, how? what can you give me? You don't want to ask somebody that. And they, they just don't know who you are. And that's just going to be a weird thing. But if you say, how can I help you? Who is somebody that I know that maybe you want to meet? What's something that you're working on that I can help? That's a totally different conversation. And it opens doors immediately. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I actually think that, you know, when I met the people from AWT, they're all valuable people. They all have huge experience. Uh, yeah, and I just, my first things I thought, we should share our experience for the other people. So if this is the things we can, we have to improve our market. We have to improve because we can change. We can change. We can really change something in the water and it's affect directly in our world. This is our thing. We all have to do it. I agree. It is all of our duty to do that. You mentioned a couple of other organizations. So I wanted to maybe ask you some questions about those. So the American Chemical Society, what's something you get out of that? Why do you remember that? Actually, it is also one of the good sources. Besides network, besides all the network, because you are, you are meeting amazing people there too. And this is the good things. Uh, our work, water treatment is alive. You have to always have to be up to date. Chemistry, okay, there is, we, we are not creating new chemistry maybe, but the technology is changing all the time and it affects everything. And uh, when I trained, when I was in university, first thing my professor taught me, the best chemist, the best chemical engineer is the one who use less chemical. So in order to use less chemical, you have to know the chemistry. And American Chemical Society is really a good source for that because the people there, this huge community, and you can see what is changing. You can keep your you up to date. Otherwise, the minute you can stop learning, it is the point you are going to lose uh, improvement. That's why, in that case, American society is a really good source for me. Always be learning. Well, tell us a little bit about why you're a member of the American Water Works Association. They're creating great sources. 
like handbooks. They are doing internal meetings and all of them, they are just trying to improve the market and all the aim is water. And they really try to mostly they are talking in the domestic part. We are working most in the domestic part. But we all try to improve something. We all try to, all these organizations, try to make something a little bit better. And it is, for me, it is brainstorming. It is literally brainstorming. And you can see different parts of the water treatment. You can see how you can improve yourself and how you can also contribute them because most of the organization in the U.S., I am in the end of the day, I'm the other part of the world. And I have different experiences. And this is good for me to share with the people. And it is also people in the water organization, they try to be involved for the regulations. I know you're a member of a lot of associations. So my question to you is, how did you first find all those associations? And then how did you choose which ones you wanted to join and be active in? Back in my country, when you are engineer, especially in chemical engineer, we have our organization. You have to part of it. Because we train like that, you have to improve yourself. And being member of organization, it is part of this because when you are member of this, you have to join their training to improve yourself, to keep you up to date. So when I first moved here, I thought the same thing, same mentality, and I was surging. But when I surging all of them, I, I like all of them. But I know I don't have that much time to do. So first what I did, of course, I, I mean, I start for the American Chemical Society and I see what they are doing. It's mostly out of the water treatment. And I was looking for something uh, more included water treatment part. And then I find uh, other organization. And then first year, I just try to see what they are doing in the project and how important the project, because I... I want to do volunteer stuff if it is effect of something. I just don't want to do something just to do it. You know, if it is effect on the environment, if it's, I am, by the way, really good environmentalist. I really care environment so much. And that's why my aim was if it is helping for the environment or if it is helping for the market to improve something. That was the aim. That's why first year I tried to see what is going on. And then after that, I see the project and I started to be a volunteer. <laughs> AWT was a different though. I started first day. <laughs> Well, and we're glad you did, because, of course, that's where we met. Well, let's talk about your passion for the environment, because I think you are in the industry. I'm in the industry. All of our Scaling Up Nation listeners are in an industry where we could just have a tremendous impact. So you have an open mic. You've got tens of thousands of listeners that are listening to you. What do you want them to know? The fact that they're industrial water treaters, what can they do to help the environment? I think first, uh, we all start the training. I really think education will change everything. If the people know how to use their water, if the people know how they are going to use chemicals, if the people know how valuable water, everything can be changed. 
even we can change one person, it's going to affect positive effect. We have already damaged the world so much. So only a way to make it slower, I know we are not going to stop it, but to make it slower, we are so critical here. We have to make the more training. We have to involve regulations because people, most of the people who are doing regulation, they don't even know water treatment. And if even one person, one water treated include for the right person, include for the regulation, it is going to do amazing impact. We need to be more proactive, more proactive. We have to do as much as training. We also have to share our experience for new generation. They also need it. They need to know because we are unfortunately inherited the worse water condition. We are inherited, you know, worse world right now. We are really damaging our natural sources. So I think it starts with the training. We have to do training as much as possible. When you came for a visit during Industrial Water Week earlier, the, about two months ago, you were mentioning that in Turkey, the water quality wasn't what we're used to here in the United States. And because of that, you were forced to clean up the water before you used the water so you could get more use of the water. We haven't experienced that here. We're very blessed with clean water in the United States. So without that experience, what will you say to everybody listening? You know, why should we be better stewards of the water not having that experience? First of all, we have to know how to conserve water. We have to do saving water. I have to tell this. I used to leave uh, Bodrum, Turkey. It is peninsula. We have that water shortage in the you know, middle of the season because it is super uh, popular touristic places. And its population, you know, its normal population about 300,000. But during the summertime, it's increased almost 2 million. So as a result, we didn't have enough water shortage. In there, we cannot even wash our car. It is forbidden. You can get punishment for that one. Okay, we are so blessed in U.S., but if we can't save water, it is going to be similar because when we have water shortage, when it starts, it's not going to come back. It is just not going to. Global warming is getting its worse. So we have to start first how we can save water. We have to save water. And I believe every single person has personal responsibility for that when we are at home we have to be careful reuse water less how we can use less water or when we are doing here even for the we drains water we have to think how this whatever we are putting in drain how it's gonna affect our wastewater treatment you, you know small impact can create for the butterfly effect every single person if we can no, take attention, save water, and try to keep it clean. Try to reuse it. It is going to affect, and I think as a water treater, our responsibility here to inform the society. As a person, we all have to save water. We all have to be careful when we are consuming the water. I think that's great advice. And you know, one of the fortunate and probably unfortunate things in the United States is how cheap the water is. 
And because it's so undervalued with monetary reasons, we don't value it as much as we should for being the most valuable resource we have on this planet. That's true. And there is also and one interesting thing is I'm so confused. Water is uh, cheap. That's correct. But energy is expensive. And just even, you know, you can save energy from your boiler. It's everything so related to each other. We have to see this as well, you know. When you reduce lockdown in your boiler, in your cooling tower, you are going to save energy. You are not only saving the water. We, I think when you have something so much, we cannot see what happened, the luck of it. Or we cannot, we cannot notice, you know. I, I just think... Right now, energy crisis, little bit, we can feel it's getting increasing. That's why I have hope we are going to be more careful about water cycle as a result of this energy crisis. Well, I love that you said the butterfly effect, because you're absolutely right. If, if we take better care of the water, if we're using less of it, if we're using it uh, for a longer period of time before it gets discharged, and maybe that's adding some pretreatment so less stuff is in the water and we can use the water longer, that's going to translate into using less fuel. That's going to translate into better heat transfer. All the things that we use water for, we're going to be able to use it better. So cheap actually can be expensive. I think that's a great point. That's true. That's true. You know, uh, as I said before, I was reading one article. I think it was U.S. Energy Department. The only corrosion cost uh, for U.S., it is billion dollars per year. This is huge. And you can just reduce for this for water treatment. Just correct water treatment, you can reduce it. And it's it looks cheap, but I believe it is more expensive things. It's a great point. Simra, what is your day-to-day like? I try to start the day as early as possible. I mostly wake up at 5.30. I try to do yoga and meditation before I started. And I like me time. I try to have time with myself. I I like I don't like rush. So I like drinking my coffee, you know, enjoy it. And I try to uh, use social media only early morning, not during the day. I try to stay away from it. And I focus on my work. And I try to be as active as possible. I try to be as healthy as possible. And I like going out. I like workout a lot. I do a lot of workout. Um, and also the person's impact, I can also say, I try to get some training every, at least four training, four courses per year. This is also my thing. I try to keep myself up to date. Well, I find it interesting because a lot of people will get a master's degree and they say, I'm done with school, (laughs) but you're always looking for something to learn next. How, How do you find the next thing you need to learn? I think it's because of our work, because water treatment is a uh, it is completely different from any kind of engineering, any kind of work, I think, because everything is changing. And the thing is, I like for the water treatment, when you go to facility, when you if there is a troubleshooting, you need to know the process. 
you know, even if you don't want to learn anything, you need to learn the process your customer. And this creates you another learning for you. Or technology is changing a lot. Technology is changing a lot. If you want to be successful, whatever you are doing, it's not only water treatment. I think education will change everything. And this education start for the personal education. Even, you know, I haven't do less water treatment maybe more than five or no, it's more than seven years since I came to US. I haven't do less water because my company doesn't uh, do less water. I still try to read the articles for West water because I don't want to, I still want to keep myself up to date. And I think as a people, if we want to, be successful we have to lifetime learning we have to do that there is there is no way training finish you know it's like this when baby learn talking they can't stop it has to learn reading then it has to writing this is a process you have to do all the time i think what is one of your most interesting troubleshooting stories Ah, oh, this, this was a funny one. I uh, do. You, I don't know. Do you know Kubota? This is they are creating wastewater Kubota, Japanese company. Maybe I pronounce wrong. I'm sorry for that. And Kubota, it was back. I think I don't even remember. It was 2000 something. They did their first trial uh, MBR system in Bodrum where I used to live. So I involved this project. I was the, actually one of the first woman engineer in, the, in this project. And these membrane, they are trying to treat, they are trying to use membrane treatment for the wastewater and everyone's eyes is on the project. And the project was huge. It was super, super, super expensive. And it was pilot project. But the Mebran wastewaters, they were uh, Mebrans of the systems. They were also super expensive and it was coming from the Japan. It's not, you know, when you need, you cannot get it mixed. In. And unfortunately, a couple of our Mebrans, they come with the efficient, their pore was clogged or damaged. And we don't have to, like, we cannot stop the systems because the sewer was uh, the government municipality uh, unit. So we have to solve the problem. We have so many deefficient membrane, and next membrane will come maybe one month later. It's impossible to work on it. What we did, we use uh, glue, industrial glue, and we glued the efficient pores in the membrane we defected. We just glued them and be able to actually it work, be able to reuse this membrane back. We did. And actually, after that, Kubota used it uh, as a troubleshooting. They created their glue for that membrane section. Wow, it sounds more like a craft project. It is. You know, as a water treater, this is what I like. Our every customer, every troubleshooting is the unique. And you have to find a custom solution. You just have to. Yeah, I tell you what I love about seeing your face as you told me that story is you love this job. I do. I really do. <laughs> Simmer, you love this job so much. I'm sure you've seen some things in this industry that just make you think, what were people thinking? Why are you doing this? You now have an open mic. What do you want to tell people in this industry to stop doing? 
I think first thing they have to stop. They are the best. Everyone, it is same for the customer. It is same for the people. They start. You have to stop not learning. In my experience, I train so many young engineer, and I can tell the minute they get the first troubleshooting, they think they are done. And this is the point they are gonna suicide in their career. And I think it is the same for the customer when we go that all all you guys need to see that all customer know better than the water twitter they think. They think they know everything. But my freaked out point, people who doesn't have information information or background, but they have idea about everything. Because they know everything. This is the things they have to stop. This is the things they have to trust more learning. This is the things they have to open for the news. Because I also think people, they have to go open-minded. They have to be, world is changing. Technology is changing. We have to renew ourselves. We have to stop. We think we are the best. We cannot do that. You heard it here first. <laughs> Where do you see our industry 20 years from now? I think it's going to be super, super critical for water treatment because I think we are going to have really big water shortage in general in the world. And water going to be like a, uh, you know, gas, how important gas is right now. Water going to be that important. So energy going to be that important. And I think it's going to be so critical point. It's going to be super critical. And I hope for the uh, environmental reason, we are going to do, we are going to, I also see that we are going to do uh, use less chemical. We are going to do uh, mostly mechanical stuff. And I think because of the, all these problems right now we have dealing with, we are going to be much more environmental friendly and green. I think it's going that way. But definitely, definitely water treatment going to be much, much, much critical in the all around between all the occupations. I totally agree with that. We're in a hiring shortage right now. Everybody's looking for new team members. Nobody can find them. What do you think about that? Do you think that's going to change? you think it's going to get better? What's your take? I hope it's going to change. But this is also our responsibility, too, because all industry, they are having a problem for find right people. Because nobody wants to work in the field anymore. It's not attractive for the people. Everyone wants to work from home. Everyone wants to travel. Everyone, And I think also people want, new generation especially, they want much easier or interesting jobs. Uh, this is the things, but this is our responsibility. We can make our, if we introduce our job rightly, I believe it's, it is interesting. They can interest for that and Every sector, every market there right now have hiring process because people, especially new generation, as I see, they want to be something right away. And unfortunately, as a water trader, you need to experience. For experience, you need to be patient. This part we have to explain in detail and we have to give them opportunity for growth. We have to show them how 
important our job, how can impact not only work growing part, but also they can impact for the world. If we can show this, I think it's going to be interesting for them. But we have to explain our job. Most of the people don't even know, still they don't know water treatment. We have to tell right away what we are doing, what, how is it working. I remember when I was testing, when I first started as a water treatment engineer, I was testing. When my nephew see uh, the testing, he was just amazed because color is changing in the water. It was like a magician. And since then, he wants to be a water treatment. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be, but... This is the things we have to show positive part of our work. We have to show, we have to tell right away our job. I think this is the only thing we can take their interest. So if somebody's listening today and perhaps they're considering a career in industrial water treatment, what do you want to say to them? I think it is one of the best job you can have because at the end of the day, you are doing troubleshooting. And when you are going to customer, you are always learning something. And when you solve any troubleshooting, the satisfaction you are have, it is unbelievable. It is in the end of the day to know you are doing something right. You are doing something, it's effect for your environment. And you are doing something, saving some energy. This is really, really good things you can have. And it is lifetime training, lifetime alive job. Uh, it is not a boring job, we should. Well, Samra, thank you so much. Uh, I'm not quite done with you yet. I've got a couple of lightning round questions if you're ready. Sure, why not? All right, here they go. You now have the ability to go back in time and talk to your former self on your very first day as an industrial water treater. What advice would you give yourself? Enjoy it. <laughs> Enjoy it. Don't make stress. And before going to the site, read everything as much as you can do. And be patient. Well, speaking of reading, what are the last few books that you've read? I read Poor That, uh, Rich That. Uh, Robert Kawasaki, is that him? Yes, I, I like it. Uh, I like Ikinagi and my favorite, Atomic Habit. Atomic Habit, I really like that book too. Sometimes uh, I, I am not that good reader, but I'm a good listener these days. Uh, I am just listening audiobook. Do you use Audible? A lot, a lot. Yes, I am. I love Audible. A friend of mine about 10 years ago turned me on to Audible, and they're actually a sponsor of this podcast. So a lot of people I see at AWT say, thank you for turning me on to Audible. I can read again. I can do something while I'm driving instead of just yelling at people that are cutting me off. That's true. I'm the same. I love it. I really love it. When they make a movie about Simra, who do you want playing you? Oh. <laughs> I think I like Emily Clark. The okay. lady from Game of Thrones, because I like her smile. I, I, when I get so angry, I smile. When I get so frustrated, I smile. And it's making me relax, I believe. And I think I prefer her. <laughs> it's a great trait to have. I'm sure she would welcome the part. My last <laughs> question for you, uh, if you had the ability to talk to anybody throughout history, who would it be with and why? Uh, I think definitely Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson. 
I read his biography, autobiography, a couple years ago. And I literally just wow. He is a problem solver. He is he is the guy. He is not focused on the problem. He just focuses on the solution. And I really would love to, I wish I could meet him. And I would really wanted to understand his mindset. It was one of the impressive uh, audiobook I listened so far. Well, Simra, thank you for coming on the Scaling Up H2O podcast and just sharing your passion about how much you love the industrial water treatment industry. Thank you so much. It is so nice to be here with you. Thank you. Scaling Up Nation, I am so glad I got to introduce you to Simra. She amazing. She is one of the happiest people I have ever met about water treatment. When she talks about anything in this industry, she just smiles. James McDonald introduced me to Simra at the Palm Springs convention. I think that was five years ago. And she was smiling, talking about telling me what she did. And she was smiling today as I was interviewing her. I hope you get infected by her smile. I know you couldn't see it the way I saw it, but you can see it in the way that she speaks. You can see it in the way that she talks about that industry. And I hope you catch that infection because that is something you do want to test positive for. And when we all have an attitude like that in this industry... I think we are raising the bar in that industry. And that's one of the things that I've always tried to do with the Scaling Up H2O podcast is to raise the bar. Now, maybe it's just a half an inch that we raise that bar, but it's still higher than it was. And then hopefully somebody else comes and they raise the bar a little bit more. I hope you use this podcast as a catalyst to do that. I think together as the Scaling Up Nation, we are continuously making the industrial water treatment industry better, and I am thankful for that. Hey, here's some things that you might want to put on your calendar. The UN World Summit on Groundwater is taking place in Paris, France, December 7th and 8th. If this is something that you want to learn more about, go to our show events page. That's right. We've got everything lined up on events, one-stop shop. You can see every water treatment event that we know about. Maybe you're on there and you see something we don't know about. Well, don't keep it to yourself. Let us know about that and we will add that. We're trying to make the Scaling Up H2O podcast the one-stop shop that you need to go to in order to figure out what's going on in the water world. So we'll have information on that summit. And then also the International Water Association of Biofilms is having a conference in Phuket, Thailand, December 6th and 8th. Now, both of those organizations have not invited me to speak But I want to let you know, I would love to go to those places. That has always been a place, both of those places that I've wanted to visit. So I don't know if I'm available those dates, but by all means, give me a call so we can talk about it. I love to travel. I love to meet new people. 
And something else I love to do is learn and think about things on water treatment. And that's what our friend James McDonald helps us do every week. So here's a new Thinking on Water with James. Welcome to Thinking on Water with James, the segment where we don't give you the answers, we give you the topics and questions for you to think about, drop by drop. Now let's get to it. In this week's episode, we're thinking about other uses for reverse osmosis concentrate or reject. What is the quality of the RO reject? Is it softened or was anti-scaling used to protect the RO from scale formation? What is the volume of the RO concentrate available? Is the RO located close enough to another possible use to make it feasible? Could the RO concentrate be used in a cooling tower? If so, could it provide 100% of the makeup throughout the day, or would a secondary makeup be required? What would the quality of that secondary makeup need to be? Could the RO concentrate be used as a wash water for a process? Could the RO concentrate be used as a water source for a process itself? Take this week to think about the RO units you may have and if the concentrate waste stream could become a treasure instead. Be sure to follow hashtag TOW22 and hashtag ScalingUpH2O to share your thoughts on each week's Thinking on Water. I'm James McDonald, and I look forward to learning more from you. James, thanks for that. And as always, thank you for giving all that you do throughout the entire year to the industrial water treatment community. You've become a staple here on the Scaling Up H2O podcast, and so many Scaling Up Nation members have wanted me to reach out to you and say thank you for helping raise the bar that we were talking about earlier. So in an episode that we're all thankful Let's all be thankful for the work that James McDonald does on this Thanksgiving. Nation, I am thankful for you. I'm thankful that you listen to this podcast. I'm thankful that you give me ideas and all of the support that you help me with on the Scaling Up H2O podcast. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving if you live in the States. If you don't, there's probably another holiday right around the map that you're getting ready to enjoy. So I hope you enjoy that. And I'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode of Scaling Up H2O. Nation, it's hard to improve the day-to-day when we are stuck living in the day-to-day. And for one hour a week, you can join the group at the Rising Tide Mastermind so you can work on the business without being in the business. That one hour will change every other hour of the week. It's magic. It's not magic. It's how we get together. It's how we process issues. It's how we encourage each other. And it's how we just form these common bonds around each other and there's a camaraderie that I promise you will not find anywhere else. To find out more about the Rising Tide Mastermind, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind.